Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm honored today to have Miranda Mitchell. Uh, so, Miranda, we've talked a couple times already. You're a, a life coach a human design specialist. That's the first one. I've had a lot of coaches on here. That's the first. I, I really like that one. A human design specialist. There you go. So it's really mm -hmm. nice. So walk us, walk us through uh, myself and listeners. What separates you from other mindset coaches or coaches in general? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Vinny. Um, yes. Human design specialist. That's actually is one of the things that does help me stand out. Um, I have a different perspective in the way that I coach individuals. And I also have um, a path of uh, yoga and internal reflection. So I use a lot of those types of practices as well as the human design strategy, which really does let entrepreneurs step into a, a bigger vision of who they can be with ease. And they under, start to understand their energetic blueprint a little bit deeper. So they stop doing just what everyone else is doing, but doing what is true for them. Do you find um, to center yourself? I mean, I did yoga a long time ago, a long time ago. I did Bikram was my a couple times. And then the last time I did it, it was like an hour and a half and I was just dying. I was like, I'm done with this. Is it, do you find a certain type of yoga better for kind of, I guess, enlightenment or define yourself or things like that? Uh, no, um, I, in my practices and in my teachers, I was taught that all yoga is, is just different pathways to the same. And each individual is different, have different stories, different perspectives, different, um, life challenges. So whatever yoga you're drawn to is the yoga for you. So, so how does, I mean, how does that work? That's because I know people that do the yoga, I know, and, and I guess they get stuff out of it, but I haven't heard anybody actually talk about incorporating coaching with yoga. So is it a yoga session that happens or do they do it on their own? And then you talk about afterwards what they kind of took away from it or do you do the yoga with them or how does that work? Well, within my practice, it's been a lot of different things because it was, you know, within like we, we change and we see what works and what doesn't work. Um, I used to teach yoga and then within that teaching, I learned that I wanted to take deep people deeper into their practices. So that's why I started doing coaching and got certified as a coach. So that I could start not only releasing their traumas or releasing their emotions through the movement, but also being able to then coach them on it. Um, I do incorporate yoga or breath work. Breath work um, is my favorite right now. And I feel like there's a journey within yoga. In Western um, society, we all start with the physical movement. And a lot of people think that yoga is actually exercise, which it is. It can start that way. But then it gets so much deeper when you start to do the practices more so because you start to change the neural pathways in your mind. And then you start to realize these beliefs and things that used to limit you or that made you who you were aren't really you. So within those practices, you then realize that you can step into a deeper potential. So I do incorporate breath work now because that is for my journey personally, I love now the silence and the sit. Whereas before I had to do the physical work to get myself to do the work, which a lot of people do have to start at, but eventually 
like anything in life, it's a journey. So some people stay yoga, some people go to breath work, some people go to mindfulness or meditation. It's really what feels good to you in the moment. There's no right and wrong. So we, we've talked about it, um, I guess, before about the idea that yoga was a big factor in your own life. Can you kind of walk us through, I mean, I, the age of 14, I mean, I'll, I'll get you started, I guess, the age of 14 of leaving your home because it was, well, I mean, you'll tell it better. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My life, we, I lived in Vermont in a huge family, pretty big. I'm the oldest of eight. Okay, wow. And, um, huh? The same parents? No, I had um, six from my mom and my stepdad and two from my biological dad. So my stepdad adopted my sister and I, and because my biological father didn't want to have to pay child support. So we lived with my mom and then there's six of us total. And within there, I feel like my mom loved the little kids. But as we grew older, there wasn't a lot of support. There wasn't guidance. We weren't made to go to school we were basically taking care of ourselves a lot of the time anyway, making our own food. Um, we even at times lived off grid. We had no hot water, no electricity. Uh, there was highs and lows with money. It was just a struggle. So was living off, sorry to interrupt you. So living off the grid, was that more so for financial struggle or is it also how people are trying to live off grid because I mean, hippies or things like that like was it well i think it's a little bit both of my parents okay. <laughs> um it was definitely financial struggle there's a lot of times the electricity got turned off um but they also did love being away from everybody they loved being alone and living off the land which was one of the reasons i moved out at 14 because I didn't want that. Like I wanted what everyone else was doing. I wanted to like have some of the luxuries. I wanted to have electricity and not be freezing in the middle of the winter and trying to get wood in the wood stove. And so I think that's why one of the reasons I moved out was because of how we lived. I, I just wanted something different and I always have. Um, but then from there, what happened is I started just staying with friends and moving from place to place. There was even a time that I lived in a car with a friend. I started just partying all the time because I had no support growing up. So I didn't know how to ground myself. I didn't know really who I was, what I wanted in life. And I was just going with the flow. And I was very, I was very toxic to myself in that time frame of my life. Did, um, did you ever have to go back to your family for support or did you, was that like a no, no, you're, you're on your own and you're going to stay on your own. I actually did. I did go back to my family. I one or two times I would stumble in <laughs> and just crash there and then leave again. So I was definitely in a spiral. I, I don't remember honestly a lot of that time of my life. Was it like drugs or? It was alcohol, okay. drugs. It was, yeah, basically alcohol and drugs, partying a lot. I remember uh, my mom even went to the pizza place one time and this girl, I don't even know who it was, was like, oh, we know your daughter. She can really party. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what, uh, how, I mean, 
I guess in those moments, even when you, when you, your parents are hearing about the struggles you're going through and you, in that moment, you're probably enjoying it greatly, immensely, I bet. Was there any kind of moments of, that you felt like you're letting them down or any kind of letting yourself down or was it just strictly in the moment? Right then it was strictly in the moment. And okay. the thing about <clears throat> letting people down, um, later on in life, I realized that I really didn't look up to anybody because I, okay. I felt like I didn't have support. And my parents, I know now that they did the best that they could. However, um, I was not happy with the way things were. I didn't feel loved at all. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel supported. Um, I just wanted to get away from them. So I, it didn't bother me if I let them down. You know, I didn't have even that contemplation at all. Um, it was later in life when I find, when I had my kids that I realized that, um, that I was really doing nothing. I, I didn't remember a lot of my life and I, I didn't want to be the parent that my parents were to me. I wanted to give them stability and I wanted to keep them in the same house so they could go to the same school so they could have the same friends. I wanted to be there to help them with their homework. Um, I wanted to be that rock for them. So it wasn't the, the, the children's father that basically kind of opened you up. It was, was that, so I'm guessing it wasn't planned to the kids? I mean, I know no. for hopefully without listening. Okay, you're not planning. Okay. One of them was planned. <laughs> okay. yeah. So once you, once you actually had the the first child, then you kind of started realizing, you found your big why, I guess. I did. Well, I found grounding. I found Gender. a purpose. Okay. I found a purpose for me to start working on myself and not be the way that I had been. And, and how old are you at this time? Ah, I'm 46. No, 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 no. I mean, when you had your first child. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. So, um, my first child I had when I was 21. Okay. So, 21, you, you're kind of getting some kind of grounding. Now, since 14, 21, kind of been on your own, partying it up. Mm -hmm. What and what do you do now when you have grounding, trying to figure out that you want a kind of pathway for, for your life? What do you do? Well, First of all, this was just a little bit of grounding. Um, okay. And there's still a little bit. Uh, I ended up getting married at 23. Okay. And then my ex-husband was, he came in, was a shining armor or knight. I thought he would take care of me. He said he wanted to take care of me. And in this relationship, uh, he was very controlling, very manipulative, very abusive, very, it was a hard, hard relationship um the abuse started on our wedding night and um i was in that marriage for six years and i stayed in that marriage because i then we had a son that was planned and i stayed there because i felt like i needed to do this for my kids i wanted them to have stability right and finally after six years i realized that I did not want these kids, these boys to think that this was okay, that it was okay to um, physically abuse their mother and to make her come up with consequences whenever she did something that was uh, what he thought was not suitable or forgetting to do something or asking permission for money to go buy groceries. It was just very very toxic in that. So I made the decision at 28 
to get out of the relationship. And I had to plan for about a year to get out of it because I had to ask permission for a job. I was working part time and he would at times make me miss my job. I wouldn't call in. He was trying to like make me lose it. So it took me about a year to get out of this, this relationship with my boys so that they could see that this wasn't okay. Now this is when that 28 and I got out of that relationship. This is when I started really working on myself, like trusting in myself and going deeper into like getting my bachelor's degree, getting certifications, um, working on my personal growth for them. What kind of job did you have at that time? Well, at that time I was working, working for a company that was nine to five as a marketing company. Um, I ended up switching over to being a personal trainer because I was going to be able to have the time to be able to pick up my kids from school, bring them to school and be able to be there when they were sick, be there for their homework. So I started working as a personal trainer at that time. And I did that for about 15 years. Being a being a personal trainer, and uh, even now you're you're a coach. You're helping people get from one point to the next point, right? You're helping them accomplish something and better themselves. Do you think that by you helping other people out to get better in something allowed you to get better in your own life? Was there any kind of correlation there, or definitely? But I wasn't aware of it at that time. Yeah. yeah. So so how how long did it take? Because I've had other people that have been in abusive relationships and it's they know they need to get out but they can't get out because they feel like they're kind of obligated there how long from the time that you knew you had to get out to actually getting out did it happen was there like a, a roadmap of i need to save some money so i can do this or was it just one day i just gotta go for me it was a plan i okay. uh, and it was a plan for me because i had to get out safely so um as a woman that's in an abusive relationship you do feel trapped like you do feel like he told me that I was stupid and that I couldn't make it without him. And um, that was nothing without him. And I started believing this. So when I believed this, it kind of kept me really small. So it kept me there. So it took me a long time to get that belief in myself to be able to take the moves. I reached out to, for support for my grandmother. Um, I knew that if I did things the normal way of getting out from him, it I would have a lot of trouble. So the way I got out, I, I don't recommend <laughs> to a lot of people because it was dangerous. Um, but I had to get him out of the house so that I could keep the house with my kids. That was important for me. So I actually waited for him to have another episode where I could call the police and have him arrested and taken out of the house and away from me. Do you ever, has he ever tried to come back or be part of your, your, you and your kid's life again? He was, he is a part of my kid's life. Um, okay. He still had visitation with them and we still talked only about them. Um, but the minute my son turned 18, his number was blocked. Wow. That's that, that'd be tough right there. So you're, you have a place to live, you have your kids, you have a job. So you, you keep the personal training going. When do you start converting this into kind of a, uh, mindset growth coaching? Yeah. So I started working uh, with personal training and then all of a sudden I 
for some reason it wasn't feeling i wasn't feeling fulfilled with it anymore i was feeling like everyone that i worked with only was thinking about physical appearance and wasn't wanting to work on mindset and their inner work um so this happened because i overheard someone in the gym actually call me the ice princess <laughs> yes and i was like that does not feel good like what does this mean? So I started doing yoga and I started working on my vulnerability and opening up that instead of just being so strong all the time. I felt like I had to be strong to raise my boys. And now I needed to open up to vulnerability and let myself become messy, which I will add, I was very messy working through my beliefs and working through some of my limitations. They say that we hold that in our bodies and with yoga, you can release it fully believe that. Um, so I started doing that and I realized I wanted to help people not only just with their bodies, but really connect with like their happiness. I wanted them to love themselves for who they are in the moment, not while I love myself after I lose 15 pounds and I look a certain way. So when I started um, doing the yoga for myself and opening myself up, I started to want to teach yoga. So I got certified and then I started teaching yoga. And from there, like I said, I went into coaching because I wanted to go even deeper into like some of the stuff that they couldn't release in yoga practices. They would come to me about things that experiences that they came up that they didn't remember before the yoga practice or thoughts that came up or shifts in their life, like a divorce or whatever that they wanted to start implementing into their life. So that's why I added coaching in with it so that I could really help others really create the life that they want and get out of the patterns that they had limited themselves to. And in truth, it did that for me as well. So when you're talking about like releasing the emotions from the quote unquote ice princess, right. Mm -hmm. To allowing yourself to be, to be vulnerable. Is it like, um, uh, opening up a floodgate and letting the water go through, or can you systematically do it only when you're doing yoga? I mean, how does that, how does that work? Cause that had to be really tough of releasing those emotions. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's different for everybody on everyone's um, openness to surrender. I personally was very hard, as you can see the ice princess. I was very cold. I didn't really care about anyone else except for my kids and myself. I wasn't loving. I didn't let anyone in to love me and I didn't truly love every anybody else except my kids. So for me, it took a lot. I had to invest in a couple teachers that I knew would be very difficult on me to make the work. And it, it made me do the work and it was messy. Like I remember everyone else would be doing the practice. And a lot of the times when you release emotions, you kind of cry and you get all of the things out. And I'm like, when am I going to cry? Like, when is this going to like happen? You know? And then I remember I came up from a back bend and Oh my goodness. I just fell to the floor hysterically crying. I don't know what I was crying about, but I was releasing things from my spine and my back because that's where I hold all of my emotions is in my spine. So everyone's different. <laughs> Do now when you were personal training, were you under um, a brand or was it your own? Like, were you a 1099 or your, your own business or how, how did that work? Well, I started out personal training actually at the Y. Okay. Um, and it's funny cause both of my boys got their first jobs at the Y, which is really wonderful. Um, and then I had my own brand afterwards and I trained at a gym. 
So when, when you're building out your own brand, were you, cause I'm, I'm assuming you had to actually leave the gym and kind of have your own company, right? Your own brand and then pay the, 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 um, the gym to use their facilities, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going on your own, now you're basically have liability, you have overhead, you have all those kind of things that play into it. How did you start to understand how to do those things? Well, I'll be honest, as a personal trainer, I didn't make much money. I was okay. just doing it to make ends meet and be able to be there for my boys. Now, when I started yoga, it was the same thing. I wanted to stay small and safe. I didn't want to be seen and heard. I was good with just paying the bills. And I would even say to myself, as long as I make enough money to pay the bills, then I'm good. And that was keeping me stuck there. It wasn't until I did my coaching certification and my business coaching certifi certification that I realized that I was keeping myself stuck in that uh, just making enough money. I didn't see the value in myself. I didn't see the value of what others I could give others. So when I started doing my certification for coaching, that's when I started stepping into a bigger version, asking for a higher investment, um, doing the deeper, deeper work. And that's when I started making more of my brand, I would say. Was, so understanding how to get more business, understanding your systems, things like that. So it was almost kind of self-taught or is it through the, the certification? I learned it through coaching, being coached. Yeah. It was through my certification and within my certification, I was being coached. Okay. So I was able to release all of the stuff I was holding on to and ask for that higher investment, believe in myself more because, you know, a coach believes in you more than yourself does at times. So with their belief, I stepped into that so that I could create the bigger version, which actually is what I love about the human design that I add in with my coaching because human design actually grounds you into who you are already, but makes you or lets you be aware of how you can step into the bigger version that is your true purpose in life. So then that way, people will step into a bigger potential without fear or with fear, but they do it anyway. No, that's yeah. one of my favorite things. Step into, step into your fear and just do it anyway. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, pressure builds diamonds, right? True. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so, do you still have that coach that you originally had? Actually, it was through my coaching institute, which Health okay. Institute is where I went through. And actually, now I am a coach, a business coach for them, as well as my own personal uh, business with Human Design. What's so the, I do that. Excuse Again, me. What's the name of the company? Health Coach Institute. Okay. So anyone listening right now, if you're looking to start your own business, uh, looking to kind of follow Miranda's uh, journey, Health Coach uh, Institute. Yes, that's great. As far as um, really doing the work and um, really starting to work on yourself and your own beliefs, as well as building your business. And then if you want human design, then that's my own personal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you know, I mean, I always love it too, when I have people that are coaches and have been coached, what's the best way to find out if you got the right coach or interviewing to make sure you get the right coach? Each person is different, okay. as I've said this numerous times, but um, for me personally, I have to have a connection. Um, I 
am intuitive as far as trusting what I feel. And I know a lot of people right now have don't have that. You know, um, they don't know what it means to trust in your gut or they don't slow down enough to be able to realize what a gut feeling is. So for me, it's about having that trust and that feeling in my gut. And that's some of the things that I actually teach with human design is you actually do truly know what is right for you. You truly know what your purpose is. You truly know what your biggest potential is, but we're not stepping into it because we're not listening to the signals. We're not connected to our energetic self. We're connected to society and to what society is telling us. So once you're able to connect to your inner self and listen to what you already know, then you start to create the business that you truly want with ease and fulfillment. And that struggle of always pushing, pushing, pushing and finding actually releases. What do you, I mean, going over, I mean, this journey and everyone listening right here, I mean, this journey of getting around 14, parting it up, having a child, abusive relationship, everything like that. What do you think, and even in the business sector of kind of starting your own business from, I mean, basically nothing, where do you think your biggest hurdles have been? Where if, like your your down moments when you, when you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to lay on the couch, watch Netflix for half hog and something like that. I mean, what do you think those, those moments looking back at your life have been? Well, I'll be honest with you, I'm very driven and I've never had those moments of sitting on the couch and not doing the work. Um, in, in human design, we have these nine centers in our bodies and the will center is most people say, well, push through it, push through it, right? Yeah. Well, most people, want, only one eighth of the people have their will center defined, meaning that you have consistency in that will. So only one eighth of the people actually can continue to push, push through, even though it's not right timing or they feel like it's not right. I have that. So I can constantly push through and I've always been very determined like that. For people that I've helped and I've coached that do feel that, I have recognized that it's because they're not connected with who they are and really what they want. They're getting fed up with what society has put on them. So they put these expectations on them. So what I help them do is I help them reconnect to their energy. So I will, that's when I add in breath work where I will, I will guide them in a five minute practice of just slowing down the breath with like a four count inhale, four count exhale. I also, ask them to reflect on what they're feeling in the moment, whether it be dissatisfaction or sadness and let it be okay. Like not get down on themselves because they are sitting on the couch. Something's going on that is keeping them stuck. So what is it? Is it that you're tired and that you're pushing too much or is it that you're disappointed? So then we work into those emotions without judgment and without saying it's bad so that they can work through that and then move forward so so when you're talking about that one eighth of people that fight through the will i mean does that mean that you know your who you are and what you want to be so even if you get a rejection if someone tells you no i don't want to work with you no problem i'll go to the next person it's just 
that's kind of the mindset? Well, I mean, that's actually what I was taught in a lot of my coaching. But when you learn the human design blueprint, for each person has their own unique design. Yeah. And that is based on the time that you're born, where you were born, and the date you were born. So you'll have a chart that has this energy within that space. There's five different types of energy types, and each type has a different way of being in this world. So most of us are taught to be like the manifester, which means you are initiator. You go out and initiate in business. You go be seen, you go be heard, you go, you keep pushing. But the truth of the matter is that is only one type out of five. And manifestors are only 9% of the population. So most of us are not made to go out and initiate. When we do that, we're actually working against ourselves. For me personally, I'm a manifesting generator or a time, it's called a time bender in quantum human design. What that means is I'm a generator type. So I do have workforce energy, which means I'm constantly busy. I can be busy doing many things at one time. So in society, we're told to do one thing. But as a manifesting generator, you're supposed to do many things. Otherwise, you burn out because you're not doing enough. And you have to realize that maybe all of those things won't work. But two out of the five will work. You're, you're made to do the energy and you're made to do the work. But initiating and stepping forth into something is not the way that my energy is. My energy is actually informing, talking about things, and then sitting back and waiting for a response. So that means someone reaching out to you. It means a sign in the external world, maybe intuitive hit. So if I'm looking for an inspiration, I'm looking for my next step, I sit I ask the question, what is possible in my business for me to grow even more? And I don't come up with an answer. I ask. And then I wait for signs to show up to me, to respond to. And then from there, it becomes easy because I'm responding to things rather than pushing and initiating things. So so let's say, okay, uh, a down moment that at least that I'm, that I'm aware of, right, is when your ex-husband was abusive to you and he hit you right in a moment like that right you get hit he leaves you're there do you assess it going all right i have to figure out i mean what i'm going to do here in that moment i'm going to stay here be strong for my kids and then over time it was i'm going to assess it i need to find a way out of here and then kind of go for it so every time there was like a moment that quote unquote was a down moment or something bad happened to you it was just kind of assessing it, assessing the situation, filling the signs, and then kind of making a game plan, in essence. Well, for me, when I was in that space, I was all in reactive. Okay. You know, I was not thinking. I was in survival. Like, I was just trying to survive yeah. in that mode. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about myself at all. I was thinking about keeping quiet so the boys didn't know so like as things were happening i would ask him to wait until ugh, until the boys were asleep um so i was just in reactive mode i wasn't thinking of anything bigger or anything more at that point you know i was surviving yeah so and i i know it's it's totally different because you're you're focusing on 
someone, two kids, you're focusing on two kids. And right. If let's say someone you're coaching them, you're you're trying to help them out and get there and they just started a business and they only have a, a, a month worth of, of money to live. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, if I don't sell this next thing right there, I'm going to be living on the street. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's not they're, they're It's not someone else. Maybe if they have a kid or anything like that, and they would almost be in a reactionary mode right there because they have to basically sell that product. They don't have the luxury of saying, well, I got a couple months to survive. I can put a game plan together. I can assess and I kind of go forward with it with someone like that. That's basically almost like kind of clawing just to, to, to stay above water. Is there a, a, a another way of, of them kind of assessing themselves, helping themselves, like maybe coach them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it's very scary when you're in a space that you feel like I'm going to be out in the streets if I don't pay these bills. I mean, I've been there, you know, yeah. I was struggling. I wasn't paying bills on time. I was figuring things out, paying this bill so that I could wait and float this bill. Um, I've definitely been there. Um, a lot of it has to do with the way that you are seeing yourself in the world. And I know it's the hardest thing to do when you are in that space. But when you're in that space, really slowing down and like the breath work that I mentioned, yeah. slowing down, breathing, giving yourself that time every morning. Um, I do this every morning myself because I feel like I am reactive if I don't. So I start the morning with my five to 20 minute practice where I breathe, I ground, and then I set the day with intention. So that the decisions I make during that day are not based out of scarcity. They're not based out of fear. They're based out of a calm sense of self and moving forward. So yes, you can be fearful because you only have a month, but the way you go about your business will reflect that energy. So if you're going out there in scarcity mode, people are gonna sign. Really, if you go out there with an intention and grounding and knowing, then more people could feel that energy and will end up signing. I know it's so hard to get into that space, but doing a practice in the morning will help you do that. Now, you've if we could look back at that the that teenager, right? That person that was out living the streets, partying it up, what kind of advice would, would you give to that person? looking back, every, everything you've kind of accomplished, mm -hmm. learned, you know, looking back at that person, is there any kind of advice that, that you'd be able to give that person? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is now that I do know my human design charts, um, everything that happened to me was for a reason. It was for my own personal growth. This is not advice to give to them. I, I mean, Advice for them, I would say to find someone that you can confide in, whether it be a friend, um, I don't know, even a support group or something, you know, for me personally, I felt like that was important for me to grow and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything because I feel like that was given to me so that I am where I am today. And I know that because in the human design chart, I actually have this channel that is defined and it's called the channel of adventure right now in quantum human design and the traditional, it's actually the channel of struggle. And this is a huge uh, 
thing in my chart is struggle. So for me, my path and my life purpose was to go through struggle so that I could learn from it and then help others learn from their struggle and move into a higher potential. So I'm very thankful for every single thing of struggle that I've been through and I wouldn't change it. Now that I know that in my design, it all makes sense. All makes sense. Now, this is a, a great segue to you don't want to change that. But if someone's looking to change themselves and they're looking to get in contact with you, what's mm -hmm. the best way of them reaching you, Miranda? Yes. If you are wondering how you can shift without too much work, the first thing would be to connect with me at Miranda-Mitchell.com. And I'll spell that M-I-R-A-N-D-A dot, I'm sorry, slash Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com. And there's a link there where you can fill out your free human design chart. So I will run that for you. And then from there, that is where you can start to learn about your chart, your energy, and how you can step into a new vision for yourself by your energy alone. That is the first step. And uh, it is life changing. And um, I'm going to have all your information in the description. So if anybody's listening, didn't get that, uh, look in the description. One last question to finish off, Miranda. If we're talking to you in five years from now, right? Because we always underestimate what we can do in five years. Where do you plan to be? Oh, uh, in five years, I plan to have a community, uh, a virtual community that uh, it, it incorporates practices of yoga, uh, coaching with human design, um, connection, and living in Vermont up in the mountains. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to the Road Growth Podcast. Thank you, Miranda, for being on here. I love your journey. Hopefully, everyone listening got some great information. If you're in a bad spot, assess it, understand it. Uh, if you need some help, reach out to Miranda. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.